You're listening to the heartbeat of the University of Maryland, Baltimore, the UMB Pulse. Welcome to another edition of the UMB Pulse. I'm Charles Shalee. I'm Dana Rampola. And I'm Jenna Frick. And in a bit, we will talk to Julia Whiteman and Jimmy Heiner of University Recreation and Fitness, or better known as UREC Fit and Wellness. It's time to lose those pandemic pounds, or for the people like me, pre-pandemic pounds as well. They're doing so much to keep people safe while working out, including improving airflow, which actually all campus buildings now exceed CDC air filtration guidelines. So something we learn every day. Great. The fitness center is open and Julie and Jimmy will share with us some of the changes made at UREC Fit to enhance this experience, as we mentioned before, and keeping everybody safe from COVID-19. If you'd like to listen to the interview now, look for the timestamp in the player or episode description. How has everyone kept active during the pandemic, especially those early days? Well, at the beginning, I was actually kind of happy. There was nobody around. (laughs) Everyone was locked inside. We were allowed to go out and play essentially at a certain point because I would just drive down to our sister campus, UMBC. And just walk around that loop. It was a perfect place to do it. Nobody around. And you didn't have your dog then either, right? No. You got your dog. The only thing I got to pet, the only dog I got to pet was that statue that they have of the retriever. Oh, not quite the same. (laughs) Definitely not as furry, I (laughs) would think. I actually, in the beginning of the pandemic, did a lot of running. So I didn't have my gym to go to every morning at 5 a.m. So instead, I got up and was training for a half marathon. Oh, wow. Then I got a foot injury and uh, all the weight that I lost at the beginning of the pandemic came right back because I was playing airport rules and (laughs) (laughs) it was just eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, whatever day. (laughs) I did a lot of online workouts. I had had a gym membership prior to the pandemic and um, I actually used to do a lot of dance classes and they they had been migrating away teachers had left and that sort of thing so it was kind of good timing I started focusing on my online stuff yeah that's great I did actually take a couple of different like Zumba and line, line dancing classes through the CEC that were virtual during the pandemic as well which were super fun yeah. that is fun really I was wanted way. to do those in person too I just think they seem like those those folks have it's very energy. fun <laughs> I want to know what kind of dance moves you have Dana can you like pop and lock oh <laughs> I would love to see Dana pop <laughs> yeah. and lock. Well, funny, it's I actually like the hip hop stuff. I'm 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 not good at it. It took me a long <laughs> time. The hip hop stuff. The hip hop stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that fun young stuff. It was yeah, I had a great teacher. She was really patient. So it took me about a year to catch on because I was kind of more the old Zumba style. Yeah. And um, yeah, she was very patient and she had a class of us older ladies and uh she got us going man i mean i lost weight i was in great shape that's so, great I charles what's that. your signature dance do you pop and lock uh, i do not <laughs> i just kind of shimmy and shake and put my hands up chest high and be like i'm just going to the beat <laughs> Fake it till you make it. That's all you got to (laughs) do. Goodness. This is crazy. But when this episode drops August 12th, we are looking at the start of the fall semester for the majority of UMB. Can you believe that? I can't. Yeah. And as as a student in the MSL program for the School of Law, I'm about to get into finals week. So I am looking at a 15 to 20 page research paper that I have to write and turn in by August 2nd. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> hey, we're finally using our soundboard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Surprise, guys. We have a soundboard. <laughs> but I am definitely not ready. But at the same time, it's actually going to be nice seeing coworkers <laughs> again. And, and for a lot of people that didn't meet, we were going to have a, a retreat ourselves for our uh, office that we'll get to uh, see each other for the first time. But you know what? There's no looking back now. We're going to get your heart rate up also before the UREC Fit interview with some reminders for when you come back and some news. This is your Pulse Check. An indoor mask requirement is now in effect at UMB regardless of vaccination status. There are several key parts to the policy, including exceptions, so please listen closely. Everyone regardless of vaccination status must wear a mask in public indoor settings. Everyone regardless of vaccination status must wear a mask when UMB buses or shuttles. People may remove their masks when they are eating or drinking indoors, inside an office, laboratory, or designated study area, as long as they are by themselves. A person working in a cubicle can remove their mask while seated if the following criteria are met. They are fully vaccinated. The walls of the cubicle extend above the top of their head when they are seated. A cubicle wall is between themselves and other people seated in the area. No one is seated closer than six feet from them on the open side of the cubicle. A graphic to help visualize the cubicle rules is available on the UMB Recovery website at umaryland.edu slash coronavirus. Fully vaccinated staff and faculty giving in-person presentations and lectures have the option to remove their masks during the presentation or lecture as long as six feet of physical distance is between them and their audience. While eating or drinking indoors, unvaccinated people must physically distance. Vaccinated individuals are encouraged to physically distance when eating indoors. Masks are not required when people are outdoors except for at gatherings where attendees will be in fixed seating for more than 15 minutes without six feet of physical distancing. A face covering is required while exercising at UREC Fit in the UMB Community Engagement Center. The complete policy and FAQs can be found at umaryland.edu slash coronavirus. Additionally, the city of Baltimore reinstated an indoor mask mandate for everyone that became effective August 9th. A new UMB policy on out-of-state work is effective August 15th. The policy addresses risks and considerations of out-of-state work and clarifies that out-of-state work must be authorized in advance. Special considerations for telework in neighboring states to Maryland and the District of Columbia are also outlined in the policy. This policy is not in Intended to apply to occasional and approved work-related travel. To read the policy, visit umaryland.edu and search using the keyword policies. We mentioned this in the previous edition of the Pulse Check, but as a reminder, a new telework policy starts on August 15th. The policy outlines flexibility afforded to employees and supervisors where employees are allowed to telework from and what employees are responsible for when working remotely. A list of frequently asked questions to better understand the policy can be found on the Elm. All aboard the UMB shuttle, the shuttle resumes service on August 2nd, offering three routes, the 702 Mount Vernon, 703 Federal Hill, and 704 Canton Fells Point route. The UMB shuttle runs from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday. The 703 Fed Hill leaves the hub at 5.55 a.m. Students do not pay a fare to ride the shuttle. Faculty, staff, and affiliates, as well as postdocs, can ride for a $1.75 fare for a one-way trip. 
Riders will need to preload their UMB1 cards with funds either online or at a campus kiosk before boarding the shuttle. Their easiest kiosk to find is right in the SMC, right after you walk through the door past the guard's desk. Drivers will not be equipped to accept cash at any time. Children 17 years old or younger may ride the UMB shuttle for free when accompanied by an adult. If the parent's affiliation is non-student, the parent is required to pay the $1.75 fare. Remember that the UMB shuttle is public transportation, so for now, face coverings are required to be worn. You can track the location of the UMB shuttle via the mobile UMB app and learn more at umaryland.edu slash shuttle bus. On-campus dining is returning with a new venue Chartwells. The market at the SMC Campus Center will reopen for grab-and-go items for its first week of operations starting Monday, August 16th. Customers can self-pay at the registers. Starbucks at the SMC Campus Center and additional food options will open on Monday, August 23rd. The Cary School of Law Crema Coffee location will also reopen Monday, August 23rd. Hours and more details are coming soon for those locations and will be announced on the Elm, the Elm Weekly, and Campus Life Weekly. If you need a caffeine fix now, the Dental School Crema Coffee location opened August 9th and operates 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Faculty, staff, and students are to be fully vaccinated by August 16th against COVID-19. No student is permitted to come onto UMB's campus unless they have received at least one vaccine dose by Friday, August 20th, 2021, or five days after the start of classes, whichever is later. And they must have received their second dose by Friday, September 24th, 2021, or five weeks after the start of classes, whichever is later. Students should talk to their student affairs dean or admissions department about a leave of absence or enrollment options if the student fails to meet these requirements. Faculty and staff also have a list of consequences if they are not vaccinated by the deadline, including losing privileges to telework and go on university-sponsored travel, among other measures. A medical and religious exemption process is also in place for faculty, staff, and students. Details on exemptions and more can be found in the UMB COVID-19 vaccination protocols posted on the UMB Recovery website at umaryland.edu slash coronavirus. And that is your UMB Pulse Check. All right. If you're not struggling, you're not hustling. Julia Whiteman and Jimmy Heiner of You Red Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. So hopefully you feel motivated to work out now and talk about working out at Urec Fit. Well, that did get me super pumped up. That's good. So you know what's actually the top fitness song according to uh, Men's Health Magazine? Power by Kanye West. This does not surprise me at all because that's a song that's on my workout playlist. Really? Yeah. yeah, that right with uh, "Lose Yourself," Eminem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you two have a favorite song to, to work out to? Your your go to in the gym. Uh, typically, uh, if I work out, I, I go running outside and I try not to have earbuds in so I can hear traffic and things like that. But <laughs> when I, I swam competitively and the song I'd listen to to get myself hyped up was Enter Sandman by Metallica. So that's solid. Nice. One. Old one, but a good go to. Yeah. Anything share. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> Julia Whiteman is the director at UREC Fit and Wellness, and Jimmy Heiner is the associate director of operations at UREC Fit and Wellness. We'll start with you, Julia. I just started last year, but you, I, I looked up on LinkedIn. You're approaching a 30 year anniversary with UMB. Is that right? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That had to be an exciting 30 years. Um, especially this uh, last year, but before we get to that, how did you become part of the UMB family? 
Well, I coming out of high school, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, but I had several teachers in high school that had an impact on me. So I'm like, I want to be a teacher. So I, I went to undergrad um, to be te- to become a teacher, and then quickly realized it was a lot of discipline to it. And I'm like, how did they do that? So I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I went back and got my master's in exercise physiology. Uh, I was always interested in exercise and how it affected your body and uh, just being overall healthy. Um, so, you know, I was in cardiac rehab and adult fitness, and that was kind of stressful my my last year at, at Virginia. And I'm like, I need something to get away from the clinical side. So I saw the job posting in the Washington Post, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to apply. And luckily, they called me in for an interview. I was only going to stay for a couple years to get back in the clinical side. Well, here I am, almost 30 years later. Um, so, yeah, I... I UMB bit me. I, I'm I'm here. <laughs> yep. Great ride. So Jimmy, hopefully you can make it to 30 years. How did you become part of UMB and URECFET? Yeah, I, I, that's a milestone that I'd love to see make here someday. Um, I, I kind of said I grew up in the, the world of aquatics, and um, I, I was living in, in the Midwest at the time, and my family's in this side. I was looking for a job this way. A really good position here opened up that had aquatics and safety in it, and it kind of was right up my alley. It brought, brought me here 10 years ago and, you know, have progressed up the line to associate director of operations. Great. So you moved here to Baltimore from the Midwest. What was that change like for you? It was a, a huge change. Um, the Midwest is a, a different type of living, a lot, lot slower. And, you know, I, I grew up on the East Coast, so like I was more accustomed to the faster pace society this is. So it was more of adjustment the four years I was living in the Midwest, it was more of a gotcha. welcome homecoming, coming back to the uh, Eastern shore. So you went out there for college? Uh, it was my first job at post-grad school. Oh, was, okay. was living in, uh, working at Mizzou. Oh, nice. You know, it's great that URECFIT is open again and, and to see that, you know, student center all together going and we just have to give Bill Crockett some, some kudos, I'm sure, to for, for guidance to, to get everything up and running. He's a reason that I'm, I'm still here 30 years later. Uh, um, he was on my search committee. Uh, he was on my interview committee, along with Cindy Rice, uh, who is still here with the university. Bill, you know, being able to stay in a position or at one career path, he, he's a great mentor. Uh, he listens. Uh, he knows when to say yes. He knows when to say no. The, the man, uh, if you if you've seen him, he's not a he's not a big stature man, but he has broad shoulders. There's not many men or that I respect more than Bill Crockett. What a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Crockett, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> <laughs> Julia and Jimmy. So for those who are listening that are maybe incoming uh, incoming students or faculty and staff that maybe just haven't be, been able to explore UAC fit just yet, can you give us an overview of exactly what it is, what you all have there and what it's all about? So we are campus and recreation facility and services for the university. So we compromise the fourth and fifth floor of the SMC Campus Center. Um, And we also have the Pratt Gym that is on top of the adjacent Pratt Street Garage, but you can only access the Pratt Gym via the Campus Center. So we are basically the location, the landing spot for health 
uh, fitness recreation programs and services for the university. So uh, we have an indoor pool, which isn't open yet, um, but we have it. Um, um, we have all the cardio, the weight equipment, um, fitness and wellness classes. Uh, we have the Pratt Gym, which compromises the basketball courts, the volleyball court, racquetball, indoor track. And then we also have the IM Sports side of it. Uh, the university doesn't have any outdoor fields, so we're always looking to collaborate, collaborated with UMBC in the past, Loyola in the city uh, to commandeer um, outdoor space. I think that's some of our most popular programs are our group exercise classes that most people want to utilize right now, currently virtual, but, you know, hopefully we'll be bringing it back in person in, in the near future um, if, if it allows. And, and a little bit of shorthand, you said I am sports, so I guess you mean intramural? Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Everyone has their lingo. <laughs> so, Jimmy, you mentioned um, virtual. Tell us, what's the last year looked like? How did you transition? How did it work out for your team? Uh, it was a challenge, um, but working with good people, having a good team really helped. Um, you know, I think all of us kind of thought this was going to be, oh, we'll be closed for a couple of weeks and then we're going to come back. As soon as we realized mm, that's not going to be the case, the team did what it could, especially um, Jimmy Mazansky, uh, assistant, senior assistant uh, director for fitness, did what he could to work with his team to get them the cameras, the mics that they needed to be able to start teaching from home and, you know, to deliver programming that was needed because people missed being able to work out. You know, people missed coming home. I mean, the entire year we were constantly asking, when are you guys opening? When are you guys opening? And we all wanted to, um, we just had to wait till it was safe enough to do it. But the team stepped in and did everything they could to get us going virtual and then also set the facility back up. So we, if we were told we could open back up to services in two weeks time. So You're just ready to go. What, what were you most proud of during that time? Just keeping people engaged? Yeah. Ha having something for them to be engaged in. And then I think it's just to said that the team coming together and just knowing that when we need to get something done, we did it and we were ready to go. And um, it, it, like I said, at any point could have, with two weeks notice, could have opened. Because um, we tried to get, you know, proposed several times to get the facility open, but the metrics just weren't there. It just wasn't quite safe enough. And um, once we finally did, you know, it was happy for all of us that we could finally bring people back and do what they want to do. We, we were constantly getting questions about when we we're going to be open. And yes, you know, you asked earlier about Tell us about um, your fit and, and wellness, and I, and where did I go? I, I went to the building. You know, I told you about the physical, you know, four walls and what we have inside of it. But with COVID, we didn't have that. Um, but we are so much more than our building. Um, we, uh, like Jimmy said, we have a tremendous team of professionals, and we're in the field of where we are because we love people. We like. We just love being around people and being missing our our student employees, our members, uh, the patrons in the facility. That was that was hard for us. And, you know, I'm thankful again to Bill Crockett and Dr. Patty Alvarez for asking and communicating with us, you know, about projects that were outside our lane that challenged us. We got our certificates in contact tracing to help the university with that. Wow. Some of the team assisted the grad school with uh, projects. Uh, when the vaccine clinic opened, the team stepped in and assisted uh, with daily operations for the vaccine clinic. Um, the vaccine clinic was successful in part due to the team of UREC Fit and Wellness and also event services. All the equipment, I mean, I am so proud that 
anyone who saw UREC fit pre-COVID knew the layout of the equipment. And we get asked every day, well, when are you going to move the equipment back? You know, when, when can it go back to normal? But the guys moved. I, I, I wanted to calculate it and I didn't do it. But I mean, it was tons of equipment. I mean, they moved um, so many dumbbells and, and weights, uh, weight machines and cardio equipment up to the Pratt gym. Um, and that's not a direct route. That's a completely different building. So you had to move the equipment down to one elevator, come uh, come off of it, go across the building and put it in another elevator and then up to the Pratt. It was no easy feat oh and it was gosh. a lot of equipment. And due to budget budgetary constraints, we did it in-house because the money wasn't there to bring in movers. I'm just proud that the team leaned in and understood that that's what it took because we were trying to set the facility to where it was going to be most advantageous for us to be able to open. So many other facilities left their facility alone, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying, but you know, and just marked off every piece of equipment, every two pieces of equipment. But due to the importance of of cleaning the equipment and and physical distancing and airflow, uh, the Pratt Gym has very high ceilings. We moved a lot of equipment up there and stored equipment and everything got really spaced out. And we were really hoping that that would, you know, allow us to open. But again, the the metrics, the COVID metrics Mm -hmm. was horrible and it just wouldn't allow us to do it. But when we reopened, it allowed you know, us to be in a, I think, a more comfortable situation for the for the students when they came back to be based out, having that space to, to clean your equipment when you weren't, you know, butted up against somebody else. Julian, Jimmy, unfortunately, COVID cases are rising, especially attributed to the Delta variant. So UMB has reinstated its face covering policy for all areas indoors, regardless of vaccination status. That includes exercising at Uric Fit now. So what are some ways to comfortably exercise while wearing a mask? I think we should first say that exercising can be safe with a mask on, but people with pre-existing conditions uh, such, you know, cardiovascular or pulmonary, um, you know, COPD should consult with their physician before they uh, start an exercise regimen. But, you know, the body adapts. So what you were doing last week when there wasn't a mask mandate, you know, don't expect to come back and go right into that regimen because you're now you're going to have a mask on. Um, So, you know, maybe break that regimen down into shorter segments, decrease the intensity. I I mean, I think for me, it's like really listening to your body. If you're feeling lightheaded, dizzy, extremely short of breath from when you normally work Mm -hmm. out, that's when you need to stop and take a pause. You know, I mean, a lot of people want to push themselves hard and that's great. Um, But if you're feeling something a little bit different this time, you know, stay hydrated, take take the time to put, you know, put the mask down, take a quick sip. Um, I think it'd be really helpful during that time. Yeah, I think, you know, what you said, you know, pulling back, holding back. I'm sure there's a lot of people who feel if they're not going all out, they're not getting a workout, but, but really for your safety, you really have to know your limits. Yeah, I I think that's fair. You know, it may be, you're not doing the full 5k that you wanted, but maybe it's just your, you strive, your new goal is a 30 minute activity at a reasonable pace where your breathing is comfortable for you. 
there's going to be uh, two places where we're not, you're not going to need to use masks. And that's going to be while you're physically swimming in the pool, you'll need to wear the mask on deck. And you get to the um, edge of the pool, put a mask in a bin that we're going to provide, do your workout. As you get out of the pool, put the mask back on into the locker room. Other place would be as you're, when you're taking a shower. So in, in any of those wet areas, other than that, the expectation would be that you would have the mask on. Now, the, the face covering policy has a list of the types of masks and face coverings you can wear and can't wear at UMB. For instance, a couple of the face masks you can't wear are there's gaiters around your necks and bandanas or even those masks that have those valves in them or holes in them. But they do make some exercise related masks, maybe some materials that, that are more breathable or, or good for sweat as well. Do you have any recommendations of maybe the type of mask or face covering that can at least help you a little bit uh, while, while working out? Um, I don't know of any specific brands. I mean, that you can go out and Google and they have some listings and I, you know, I'm not paid or endorsed by anybody, so I'm not going to put anything out there. <laughs> right. um, but I mean, what do you said is, you know, water wicking is best. Cloth um, is what, what you want. Breathable, uh, something like a surgical mask will work, but it's not necessarily the best. Um, having multiple masks, whether that's just for through your workout or just knowing that you're going to get this one all sweaty. So you better have another one when you go back to class or work because that's not going to be comfortable. And the wetter a mask is, the least effective it is. So if it gets wet during um, your workout, probably best to switch that out, um, you know, for the rest of your workout. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and, you know, it's it's like it's like clothes. Um, try it on. See how it fits. Um, if if it doesn't fit well when you're not exercising, it's probably not going to fit well when you're exercising. So, you know, try try multiple masks to find the one that's going to fit your size of your face and your exercise regimen. What are some things that haven't returned yet? Sounds like you're you're back in action. You've got some limited equipment in place. Everything cleaning protocols are going well. What's what's not back? So there's a few things that, you know, definitely looking to bring back in the future as we um, get approval. We have a few items there for leadership to look at and approve. One of them is a swimming pool that has a lot to do with um, staffing. Um, one of the hardest areas to um, staff, and I know it because I was in the position for about six years, is lifeguards. There's a national lifeguard shortage right now, and we're doing everything we can to find staff to be able to bring back some hours in the near future. Um, we still have restrictions on group play, such as basketball, volleyball, um, that hopefully in the intramural sports and some of that programming that we're an in-person group exercise. Again, as safety allows, we get approval from leadership. We will bring things like that back. And how will we know that things are coming back? Will we see that in the Elm Campus Life Weekly? We try to blast it out as everywhere where we can. Um, definitely website, our app, uh, Elm, Campus Life Weekly, wherever people are looking, we try to try to put it so, so they know. So that you told us what's not back. So what what is currently back? What can people do right now in the center or even in the virtual classes that you had mentioned? Tell us about that. We have a uh, small subset of virtual group exercise classes that uh, you can register for via our UREC Fit Live app or the online portal. And it's a variety, some in the morning, afternoon and evening. Most of the services within the facility are based toward fitness and conditioning. So we have half the half of the treadmills out, about half or 60% of the uh, remaining cardio equipment out. Uh, we were able to keep all of the selectorized or the pen select or don't know how else to describe that for, for someone. Uh, all that is still out. Uh, the uh, free weight equipment is up in the Pratt gym. Uh, we were able to basically 
keep most of the strength equipment because we were, that's, well, first it was hard to move. And at first we were, when we were first uh, hoping to open, it was last, um, late, late summer, early fall. And we're like, well, people can do their cardio outside, you know, let's try to preserve as much, uh, resist, uh, strength equipment as we can. And, you know, and we drained the pool. Once we saw where COVID was going or wasn't going, <laughs> um, and we weren't allowed to be on campus. It was only once in a while uh, per approval that Jimmy and the assistant director of aquatics was allowed to come in uh, to check the chemistry of the pool because uh, you need to maintain uh, a safe pool. Um, well, once we saw that we weren't going to be opening, we drained the pool. I just want to go back to... Um, I forget which one of you said, you know, the, the back end process. Draining the pool wasn't an easy, easy feat, but also bringing the pool back online has not been an easy feat. I think a lot of people think you just fill up the bathtub and you just get in and you start playing around. Well, that's not the case. I mean, you have, Jimmy can talk to it, but I mean, you know, you have the pumps and the filtration system, the chlorinator, the pump, the, uh, I, I don't even know really what the Dectron does, but you have the Dectron that the water goes through. <laughs> and the HVAC system, you know, I mean, it sounds so, so complicated. <laughs> when the, when the, when the tub got full, we ran in, there's been issue after issue after issue because it sat for mm. a year wow. uh, with not, with no activity. Stuff um, we would never so even think about. There's a lot going on in the back, the backside that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Right. As you said, Jimmy, you're looking for lifeguards, but the pool is filled it, it is refilled um, and treated and heated and we're, we're ready and anxious to get our swimmers back. Before we get any further, as we mentioned, you're doing a phase three opening. So we, we talked about what you can do inside. Who can come inside right now and, and what are the hours? And I know they're restricted right now, but um, tell us then a little bit about maybe your, your future plans of kind of seeing how this is going to go with COVID. We originally opened just to students in June, but now we're uh, starting in July. We, after the 4th of July weekend, uh, we extended our access to all members with the exception of sponsored members and guests. So basically a sponsored member is a guest, uh, a student, it's just a uh, extended guests. <laughs> Students and eligible members can do a plus one. We know that if you're going to be successful in your exercise regimen, that, you know, to part of a barrier is not having that connection or that workout partner. So we created a plus one or sponsored membership. Um, some people aren't married. You know, sometimes it's your roommate um, who's going to be that person who's going to help you maintain your exercise regimen. So right now, sponsored members and guests are the only subset that's not allowed to come back. We're only open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 730. You know, we alluded to that we that we are in need of lifeguards, but we're also in need of staffing overall. Um, we typically have around 125, 135 employees. Uh, we're not even halfway um, there yet. Um, so, and I'm also, we are also down three professional staff. Wow. So in order to offer the hours that we had pre COVID, we need to build that employment base back up and also get back the three professional staff that we have lost, um, during this, um, so if anyone's looking for a job at UREC fit, (laughs) come our way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
What other health and hygiene measures is UREC-FIT taking other than having to enforce the mask policy? Yeah, I mean, from from day one, Jimmy um, and myself and the entire team have been in communication with various stakeholders across campus. We met early on with Dr. Merget, who's no longer with the university, (laughs) Steve Deck from EHS. And we were blessed with Steve Deck being on the uh, Safety and Health Committee because he was a member of the facility pre-COVID. So having that insight from an individual who knew how the uh, facility ran or operated before COVID, to me, was hugely important uh, to our success and and being able uh, to to come back. We're in touch with um, Steve like weekly to know what we can, you know, this is what we're thinking because if he's not going to approve something, then I'm not going to push it up to leadership. So we, we try to have that conversation with the health experts before we send it up to uh, leadership. Yeah. I mean, um, we, I think we're all just playing this week by week anymore, you know, yeah. year, year and a half in, but with, with the cleanliness, give me some examples. You mentioned about machines being spaced apart and everything. Has there been anything else that that was implemented specifically to kind of keep things sanitary or or tell people to say, hey, this is what you can do after you've used the machines? Yeah, so uh, um, we purchased some items. We added more cleaning stations so they're a little bit more visible. There's a shorter walk to it from a machine. Um, We also um, try to help put the onus on the user. Educating the user of cleaning machines before and after is really going to help the spread. I mean, that's a good practice anyway, (laughs) going to a gym. (laughs) Right. Right. You'd be surprised the amount of people that don't. But so we really wanted to make it, you know, hey, you're a part of this to help, you know, you know, prevent the spread by wiping that down. We also um, were able to purchase electrostatic sprayers that at the end of the night, we were able to spray down with a disinfectant. So on some of the handheld stuff, like the dumbbells and barbells and that sort of thing that helped um, kill anything. So it's, you know, we spent I did hours and hours of research with other um, institutions and webinars and everything going over what best practices were. So as we were setting up, we, we were doing everything according to what people have learned. Other areas had opened much sooner than we had. So it was listening to what went well for them, what didn't, and then you know, modeling those practices so we could have a, a safe, welcoming facility when we were able to get the permission to open. That's great. I, did, I don't want to put you on the spot about the spray bottles, but I was thinking... You know, they, we talked about the dwell time with some of these, uh, with the EHS and everything. I don't know, or if you know, the, the dwell time for those bottles, if I'm actually supposed to wipe it off or just leave it set so it has like 10 or 5 minutes to, to actually disinfect. That's a hard question to answer because each dis- disinfectant is different. Yeah. So um, for if we're talking our facility, you know, um, I believe it was one or two minute uh, is what the EPA suggested. Some of them will say 10 minutes, um, but we try to use chemicals that are a quicker Right. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I didn't want to leave it soaked for the next person, but I also want to leave it clean. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, it's almost like it's almost like this has been really good for gym cleanliness (laughs) because, Jimmy, you had said some people just normally don't wipe things down. And I can't tell you how many times pre pandemic I would go to the gym and I would go to use a machine or I would do like a circuit training class and I'd go to the next station and there would just be like droplets of sweat just hanging out. And I'm just like, you all have towels for a reason, guys. Let's (laughs) let's. Use them. Up. Right. So it's kind of nice now that everyone's like, all right, let's wipe everything down. Let's make sure it's clean and courteous for the next person. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that continues into the future. And this is a lesson learned. Absolutely. In a lot of ways, a lot of lots of areas. Um, do you 
foresee continuing some of your virtual programming or is your hope to really migrate to being back in person fully? I think the uh, focus is definitely going to be the in person, but I, I think there is a very much a home and a need for some virtual. Some people felt more connected, more you know, more easier to do it. They could just get up, roll out of bed, and do it right there. You know, do some yoga on the floor right there, and they didn't have to do a lot to make it there. So there is definitely a need for that for some people. Um, you know, it, we it wasn't as successful um, yet, but I, I, we introduced some e gaming um, as well. It's something we had done before as part of our intramurals. I want that to stay because there's a portion of the students that may not want to come and work out, but they love video games, Madden, FIFA, or something like that. And they can still participate and be part of their schools for our poke up and that sort of thing. So there's things like that that we've implemented that hopefully will be just to stay for the future. Esports is so huge. My, my alma mater, Ball State University, actually now has an esports like arena for students now. Really? It's becoming that serious. Yeah. yeah. What is, with, with their what own exactly is esports? I, I, <laughs> I don't well, it's, I'm not a video gamer, well, so I guess right. maybe I'm just like kind of behind on this. Well, think about those like multiplayer games, especially you can play with other players on the internet. So you're literally forming a team, whether that's something like Fortnite or Madden. I can't think of the, the other ones. Yeah, yeah Madden, especially Madden, like the sports games make sense where you need, you know, four or five people and it's a whole lot of strategy and dedication and hours and hours and hours. Wow. Yeah. The closest thing I do to that is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so. <laughs> Speaking of uh, e-sports and gaming, uh, so during the pandemic, you guys also launched the Uric Fit Live mobile app. What are some cool features for the app and how can people download it? They can download it on their Android or um, Apple. Just search, um, go to the store, search Uric Fit Live. Um, I think from the feedback that I'm receiving from the students and the members is it if you're interested in group exercise, uh, you can save your favorite classes. They're easier to access. You can register for the classes there. You don't have to have, I mean, let's face it. We are a, an immediate gratification, you know, on your phone all the time. I mean, look at some of the safety um, marketing that media that's out there. Like, don't be walking it on your phone, but yet everyone's doing it. Um, so, yeah, if you wanted to be walking over to the facility and and sign up for a class um, once classes come back live, uh, you could do it. You can receive, let's say, um, the showers. Let's say the water went out and we pushed out a notification. Uh, it would come. It would a notification alert would come across your the, the app. I think one of the customer friendly things there is you can renew your membership um, through the app. All new members, we want to come into the facility so they can see it and, you know, get a tour and that sort of thing. But if you're, you'll get a, I think you get a notice that says, hey, you're going to expire and you can go and just do it right there on the app. Real simple. And it, we don't have to do it in person. So that's one of those customer service things I think it really helps with. And so if I'm not a member of URECFIT, how do I become a member? Can I get a trial? I remember a couple of years ago when we were in person, you could get, I guess, after the holidays was it that you would offer a free week or two? Well, if, if you're eligible, um, so basically at this point, we're talking about um, uh, an employee of the university or an affiliate. And there's a long list of affiliates. And, and it's even for me, who's been here 30 years, hard to remember that long list of affiliates. So please reference our website for those affiliates. <laughs> but the main affiliate would be the hospital. You would have to come into the facility to the fourth floor business desk with, with your one card or work ID so we could validate your eligibility. Uh, and then you would fill out the um, your profile on the 
uh, computer. Uh, we'd process the sale and you would be good to go. If you wanted to come in and just try out the facility, again, if you're eligible, you can come in, complete your profile. We would just sell you a free one day pass. You can come in, try out the facility, see if it meets your needs. We have what you want. Uh, and then you could just re- renew your um, membership after that. Great. And what would your quick pitch be to those people who have gym memberships elsewhere and switching to UREC Fit? We care. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that other facilities don't care. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. And we are overly safe and cautious. And sometimes that's a double-edged sword for us. Uh, pe- sometimes people say we're, we're too cautious or too safe. But, you know, we have red shirt drills in regards to training our staff, in regards to, you know, if someone would collapse, we have those on a on a at minimally a monthly basis, if not more, you would find it hard if you wanted to like drop in and see how friendly the staff is. When you come in, the staff are going to greet you. And when the staff leave, they're going to, they're going to say goodbye, have a good night, um, have, have a good afternoon. We care about the facility uh, and the, the users of the facility. And if something's not right, we try our, our best to get it fixed. Great. Well, you definitely need a positive attitude to work out and to get motivated. So it's great that you're fostering that environment. To learn more, visit umaryland.edu slash urecfit. Thank you, Julia and Jimmy and Bill and Patty and everyone else over yeah. there. Shout across out to the all of you. Right. Especially everyone moving all that equipment. I would, they, they must be in great shape. I know. We, we are getting ready to uh, move it back here soon. So we're, we are actually going to be closing the week of August 9th in order to undo everything we did to get set it back up. So hopefully, you know, some of these restrictions we talked about, will um, we can pull back off um, as you know, we're allowed to. Great. Great. It sounds like the perfect time to download the uh, UREC Fit live app so that way you can get a notification once you all are open back up. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys. Again. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. So now that we're getting back to campus very slowly, we got the semester starting very soon. How does everyone usually get to work or get around when they're on campus? I've been driving recently mainly because my usual light rail is, is having work through September. Mm-hmm. So they stop at Camden Yards and then offer a shuttle. So I've been parking on the street when I can. But I try to walk as much as I, I can once I'm here, except we're on the west side of campus recording this. So this is this is more of a hike. Yeah, this is a good walk when it's not hot. Um, I drive to work. I live out in the county, so I have a good drive. But same thing when I'm here, I usually, even if I'm coming from west to east side, back and forth, I, I tend to walk. Yeah, I usually drive to campus, um, but I, I moved to Federal Hill recently and I've been really wanting to ride my bike to campus. Oh. So I guess, I don't know, maybe when it's not as hot out, um, yeah. I'll give that a try. I just, I hate the idea of coming to work, just being all sweaty, but hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a try once we get yeah, into like October it's when it's cooler. a little less, you know, hot out. We also had that benefit, Charles, you might know if it's still in effect. It had started um, before COVID, uh, quite some time before to- COVID, probably a year before. And it was where you got your sticker mm-hmm. from the parking department. Is that still in effect? Do you a- know? Absolutely. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because those stickers expire each year, uh, July 31st. And I just put in my renewal application and that MTA sticker will get you onto the Baltimore subway line, the light rail and the 
MTA bus system as well. Uh, the only thing that it doesn't do is that you can't take the Mark train for free using that. Okay. Yeah. Before COVID, I had taken the Metro a couple times from out in Owings Mills and come in that way. And it was great. I could read. I could listen to podcasts. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice not being behind the wheel and just kind of letting somebody else take yeah. care of that, especially if it's a really early morning. You can maybe just kind of like shut your eyes for a little bit. So why are we talking about how we get around campus and how we come to work? Are you trying to stalk me? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm trying okay. to do, Charles. No, I'm asking. I was asking as a little segue, no. you know, <laughs> no pun intended there. Um, I, <laughs> I just got it. It took me a second. Yeah. As a little, the other ver definition yeah. of a segue, but you get what I'm yeah. saying. I'm using this as a segue to talk about what's coming up on our next episode of the UMB Pulse. We're going to go over all the options that parking and transportation services offer from the UMB shuttle to parking garages, the MT sticker, charters, and so much more. We will be chatting with Angela Hall from Parking and Transportation Services. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I guess I have to hop on a scooter and get out of here with the rest of you. So thank you to Julia Whiteman and Jimmy Heiner again from UREC Fit. Time to get our steps in for the next show. And thanks for listening to the UMB Pulse. The UMB Pulse with Charles Shalee, Dana Rampola, and Jenna Frick is a UMB Office of Communications and Public Affairs production. Edited by Charles Shalee, sound engineering by Jenna Frick, marketing by Dana Rampola, music by No Vibe, UREC Fitness segment music by Paul Keen. Recorded in the University of Maryland Baltimore Community Engagement Center. <laughs>